0: Welcome, listeners, to the NK News Podcast, recorded on March 1st, 2018. You might even hear some noise in the background from the passing March 1st demonstrators with their Korean and American, and apparently also Israeli and United Nations flags. Joining me today in the studio are Oliver Hotham. Hello. Dagyom Ji. Annyeonghaseyo. Fyodor Tetitsky. Здравствуйте. And it's just me, your host, Jacko's Wetslut. Welcome, everyone. We'll be discussing a number of topical issues in the period between the end of the Winter Olympics and the start of the Paralympics. Before we get started, I need to tell you about our NK News subscription giveaway, valued at US dollars One random reviewer on the iTunes or Apple Podcast app per week will win that free membership, so do please review us after this episode, and you might win. That will enable you to read all the stories that we refer to on the podcast, as well as lots of other excellent information available at nknews.org. Let's get into our topics. So the Olympics are over. What was actually achieved? Apart from the medals, what was achieved politically in the Olympics? Oliver, do you want to kick off? Absolutely. It's difficult to really say
1: tangibly what was achieved. There was obviously a lot of nice hand-holding, and the two Koreas walked into the stadium with the United Korea flag. There were talks between... The two Koreas, um, which seem to be relatively productive, uh, South Korean president was invited to Pyongyang. Yeah, Apart Although he didn't immediately say he would go, did he? He did not. He said he would create the conditions that would make it possible for him to go. So they're keeping it ambiguous for
0: now. We had uh, Mike Pence in for the opening ceremony, and Ivanka Trump, in a lot of media, seems to be going just by a mononym of Ivanka, uh, was there for the closing ceremonies.
1: Yeah, as we discussed in the last podcast, Pence's performance wasn't, I think the consensus was that it wasn't fantastic. He was quite um, off-putting. He didn't really engage with the North Koreans almost on purpose. Um, He didn't stand to applaud the United Korean flag, which a lot of people were quite annoyed about. But Ivanka seems to have left a slightly better impression, although she didn't actually talk to the North Koreans. She was much more laid back, a little bit more diplomatic.
2: I think the great achievement is that the two Koreas broke the ice after two-year pause in dialogue. I mean, there was no communication channels and hotlines between the two Koreas since February 2016, yeah. when the Bakunai government um, decided to shut down Kaesong Industrial Complex. That means there was no way that Seoul and Pyongyang can communicate with each other even in case of contingencies. But North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, ordered to restore line in the tourist village of Panmunjom, I think that was the greatest achievement between two Koreas. Also- Hold
0: on, let me just interrupt. I think that's actually a very important one, isn't it? We can't overstate how important that is, that in case of an emergency or an accident, two sides in any situation need to be able to talk to each other. And the fact is that for two years, there was no way of even sending a, a fax or a post-it note between the two. And now... There's a, a phone line restored, so that is a big deal. Do you think that's a big deal,
3: Fyodor? Officially, there was no line. I think that unofficially, we must have kept some secret channel of communication. Can
0: you imagine what that might have been? I have no idea. An email
3: address? I don't know. Maybe. Even, talk. Maybe Skype. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's pure, pure speculation. But uh, some North, uh, North Koreans in top elite, we do have access to internet. So, hmm.
0: but it, it does, at least publicly or visibly, it's an important thing that they've reestablished that line, don't you think?
3: Yeah, agreed on that.
2: During the era of Kim Da-jung and Rom administrations, actually there was like secret channels between the Blue House and Kim Jong-il. Mm-hmm. But I think it could lead to the restoration of the line between two heads or two leaders and the two Koreas. So I think that's another point that we should.
0: Okay. All right. Well. uh What can we hope for? Can we imagine that there'll be North Koreans at the Paralympics? Have they announced that they'll be sending athletes? Will they be at the opening or closing ceremonies? What do we expect there, Oliver?
1: Well, they're sending a much smaller delegation than they sent to the main... Actually, smaller than they said they were originally going to send to the Paralympics, which is quite a surprise. Um, Do we know what the numbers are? Something like 200, um, I can't remember the exact
0: figure. And now it seems they're going to send about 20, 24, I think is the number. Just to remind our listeners, what was the total number of of North Koreans who came down for the uh, regular Olympics, including cheerleaders, athletes, coaches...
2: It's around four hundred seventy. Four hundred
0: seventy. Yeah, and they're also they're, uh, that includes also the uh, performing artists who are here for yeah, the show. Yeah, it
2: performing and cheering squad
0: and musicians. Okay, so we've gone from four hundred and seventy, you say, down to less than twenty-four. Goodness me. I mean, it's a sign
1: the Paralympics obviously aren't as important. Maybe the North Koreans felt that sending such a huge delegation to the previous games gave them a lot of press attention that they might not have necessarily liked all that much. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of coverage of the Kim Jong-chul visit last week that was not good for the North Koreans. I mean, the decision to send him, which we'll obviously get into later, um, was very strongly criticized in South Korean press. And with the North Koreans having complained about press coverage before, when press coverage was actually not that not extremely negative, that might have spooked them.
0: On the the last day, just as the North Koreans were going home, there was a lot of uh, television footage of the unified women's hockey team the hockey athletes, hockey players were uh, crying and saying goodbye and, you know, let's meet again. My wife pointed out that she felt that uh, the, any North Korean athlete who cries too much or looks too sad at going back to North Korea might end up receiving some harsh words, uh, a reprimand at least from a coach or somebody back home for, you know, presenting an unfavourable image. Does anyone want to comment on on that?
1: You know, I think any any danger of that probably outweighed by the desire. I mean, it's important not to assume that every emotion expressed by a North Korean is part of some, I don't know, broader political strategy. But, you know, it's a nice symbol for unification, which the North Koreans like as well. You know, the two Koreas hugging and crying and we'll see each other again. And it's all very, it's all very nice.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't suggest that any uh, emotional outburst by North Koreans was uh, was a put on. But having watched variations of North-South reunions over the last 15 years... Uh, a theme that's come back to me from time to time is that uh, North Koreans, uh, at least the minders who are there present at the reunions, are anxious not to see too much sadness and too much tears mm-hmm. when the time goes to say goodbye and go home.
2: I mean that is the reason why civilian exchanges is necessary now, because um public can actually watch the video of them crying yeah. and hugging each other while missing them each other because we don't know when we can't meet like next time because of Division of the Korean Peninsula. Right. I'm not sure about the punishment, but this is the whole purpose of why we have to. I mean, why people from the two Koreas should exchange. If yeah.
3: And something. Please, Shuron. Yes, about the punishment of what I know, like uh, at least in r- recent decades, when policemen are not really punished for some misbehavior i mean at very worst it's just we have to do some uh, self-criticism on the next ideological session because we are Mm priced and if you just starting shooting the sportsmen or sending them to concentration camp the result would be that your country will very quickly run out of sportsmen
0: back to the kim jong-chol visit that you mentioned uh, oliver fjodor i think you would like to tell us about the implications of kim jong-chol first of all for our listeners who is he? And what is he reported to have been responsible for in the past?
3: So Kim Yong chol is a high-ranking North Korean military man, currently having a rank of full-star general, who is perceived by South Korean public by, uh, as a person who orchestrated an attack on a South Korean military vessel, which was uh, apparently sunk by North Koreans. That was in, uh, what, March 2010? I think that's correct. Near the Penyon Island uh, uh, so in uh, South Korean territorial waters just south of the Northern Limitation Line. And very thin that he uh, is coming to South Korea. Angered with local rights, uh, right-wing forces who were saying that he's a war criminal, that he shouldn't be coming, that uh, Moon Jae-in is uh, basically surrendering to North Korea, and that the demonstration specifically uh, aimed to prevent him coming here.
0: Let's just go back for a minute there. So, why do some many people think that he's responsible for the sinking of the Chonan?
3: I do not know the exact source, but I think there were some hints by NAS publications. We should really check if it was done publicly, because if NAS says something public, we should really trust them. Or it were some rumors spread of them, because in these conditions, we shouldn't trust them at all.
1: Um, the link was various South Korean officials at various points during the investigation after the sinking of the ship. Named him and named uh, the reconnaissance and guidance bureau as having been involved, but the and
0: he was he was the man in charge of the reconnaissance and guidance.
1: Yes, he was he was in charge at the time. But what's important to note, and what the Moon government said, was well, he was never officially named in the investigation that followed the incident, which which blamed said a North Korean torpedo had sunk the ship. Right, but he was not named in that. But there was a very strong sense in the mind of a lot of South Koreans that he was the. Often described as the mastermind of the sinking,
0: was he also supposed to be respo- have been responsible for the uh, shelling of Yonpyeongdo Island in the same year,
2: 2010? The former former defense minister acknowledged that he was one of the officials who masterminded the Chonan sinking and Yeonpyeong shellings back in 2010. But it's not official stance, but that's personal stance, according to Ministry of Unification.
0: Okay, so we have two incidents that may or may not have been on the the conscience of uh, of Kim young chol As Fyodor pointed out, he's a uh, a four-star general in the uh, Korean People's Army, KPA, although he didn't come in military uniform, did he, Fyodor?
3: No, he didn't, because he also occupies a party position, and normally, if you present yourself as a civilian, you're not supposed to wear a military uniform, and vice versa.
0: Okay, so he was coming in his capacity as a party member, was
3: he? Sure, like, uh, if you see Kim Jong-un, he never bears his marshal's uniform, despite having rank, because he is a head of the state, not just the army.
0: Inter-Korean talks is an important enough issue that people on the right have talked to various North Korean personalities over the years. Why would Kim Jong-chol be so special that they should block him from entering South Korea?
3: South Koreans may say that a crime against South Korean population is a big deal, while if a person is responsible for some uh, those things in the North, no one would care. And second, Kim Jong-chol, it's not that he's out of sight came out and said, Well, I see this South Korean sh- ship, let's sink it. Mm-hmm. He obviously received orders from Kim Jong-un, and people don't have problems with talking with Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il or whoever was in. Church of North Korea, although the r- uh, real responsibility for what happened should lie in the Supreme Leader, not some random general who followed his orders.
0: Okay, that's an interesting point. Now, you say that he was here in his capacity as a civilian member of the uh, Korean Workers Party. Do we know what his position actually is? Uh, is his rank revealed? Yes, tar
2: Kim young is vice chairman of Central Committee of Workers Party of Korea, as well as director of United Front Department of Workers Party of Korea Central Committee.
0: That's sort of the equivalent of the, the North Korean equivalent of the South Korean Ministry of Unification, isn't it?
2: Kim young gon was the former director of the United Front of Department, so we can understand in that context.
0: Okay.
3: But Kim young gun is dead.
0: Right. He, he, yeah. he yeah. was in Incheon for the, yeah. for the Asia Games a few years ago, yes. uh, but he, he died, and so obviously he's not going to be coming again. Kim
3: Yong chol was coming in his capacity as a replacement of Kim young gun. I mean, of course he did. He was, yeah. uh, they directly call him that, and it would be extremely odd if he would visit South Korea in his capacity of a general in charge of Chonan attack. Wouldn't you agree?
0: But, uh, I mean, the same man has two hats, so that's, uh, there's obviously some significance there. But what are the implications of the visit? Nagam just said that uh, it's supposed to lead to substantive talks. Fyodor, do you see substantive talks coming from this? Not really. What, do we know anything about what Kim Jong chol talked about and who he talked with?
1: Well, the primary thing that he said on Sunday, which kind of caught the headlines amid actually a quite yeah. dull visit, yeah. was that the North Koreans were interested in talking to the US.
0: Which came a couple of days after KCNA said that North Korea is not, what was the, their phrasing? We are not thirsting for talks with the United States. They said something
1: like, not in 100 years, we don't need them. They have this line that they keep saying that we're not begging for talks. Right, not begging for talks. Um, but there's a certain ambiguity to what, Kim Jong chol said, because his words were relayed by the South Koreans, the South Koreans said, we, the South Koreans said we want to encourage a situation where the North and the U.S. could talk, yeah. and he apparently said, oh, me too. Do we know who he actually said that to?
2: Blue House told media that during the meeting with, meeting between South Korean President Moon Jae-in and the North Korean delegations yeah. led by Kim Yong-chol and the Moon asked North to engage in dialogue between Washington and Pyongyang, mm-hmm. and the North delegation told Moon that they have ample intentions to engage dialogue with the U.S.
0: Okay, now I'm just curious that that meeting between President Moon and the delegation led by Kim Yong-chol, did that take place at the Blue House?
2: As far as I know, the meeting was happened just before the closing ceremony of the PyeongChang Olympics, so it happens in Pyongyang.
0: Ah, okay, right. So, so it's not like in the case where Kim, Yong, Kim Yo Jong, the sister of Kim Jong Un, was invited to a dinner at the Blue House and they, they had a, a private audience. This was a very much a, a, a less less grand affair.
1: Less of a photo op. Less of a photo, well, op. I think. Yeah, um, right. We didn't get the nice pictures of
0: them having dinner and smiling at each other. Right. Was Moon actually photographed with Kim at any time? Did we, apart from in the stadium when they were clapping, did they actually have any photo ops? Were was staged photo ops outside that?
2: Interestingly, Blue House didn't provide any video or photos ah. of Moon and Kim Jong chol meeting right. because they released a lot of photos when Moon Jae-in, President Moon Jae-in met Kim jong jong and yes. Kim young chol and other North Korean officials.
0: Uh, well, then what's next for inter-korea relations? Fyodor, would you like to kick this off?
3: Next, uh, Paralympic Games, during which we are safe. And after Paralympics... Safe game, from what? Safe from war safe from being killed by North Korean artillery firing at the building. We are sitting currently at the 25th floor. So if a war starts now, we'll likely all die. Well,
0: that's a reassuring thought.
3: So I'm saying that afterward we have uh, joint rails uh, for, uh, by United Nations and South Korea. Which, ah, yes, uh, the,
0: uh, the annual joint military exercises. Uh, I always forget the names. Is it Fall Eagle and Key Resolve? We usually expect them in April every year. When do Paralympics finish? Um, March 18th. Yeah. Okay, so it's, so we've still got a couple of weeks of March left before the drills are well, exercised as supposed to start.
1: And we're still waiting for the official date of the drills. They're keeping it for they're saying we'll tell you once the Paralympics are done.
0: Yes, now I was talking to some high-ranking American officials yesterday who shall remain nameless, and was led to believe that there is no notification, no public notification necessary. The drills could just start one day, and that's how we will know. North Korea normally reacts to media attention about the drills, not the drills themselves. Well, there's no... The Americans don't have to announce
1: it, but they typically They do. typically do, Yeah, but they don't have to. Um, because I don't think there's much point, apart from obviously the the preparations that they need to... I mean, a drill is just a preparation for if a war broke out, this is what right. we would do. But I mean, the big element of it is the optics of these this big show of American and South Korean power. It's obviously partially to send a message to the North Koreans that... This is what we could do to you if you mess with us.
0: Now, North Korea always says that the drills themselves are aggressive because they simulate uh, a first strike on North Korea, an invasion of North Korea, and that's why they're aggressive. Fyodor, do you uh, agree
3: with North Korea's assessment of the drills? I mean, yes, but it comes from the power which, like, once in two years says that they will turn Seoul into a sea of fire, so I guess it's 1-1. And okay. also and also simulates
1: the blowing up of the Blue House and all sorts yes. of Is stuff. that also
3: included in the exercises?
0: What, in the, oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about the, the North Korean exercises that simulate the blowing up of the mm-hmm. Blue House? Yes,
3: okay. North Korean rhetoric is quite double standard. When someone here calls uh, Kim Jong-un a fat pig, that's apparently a great slander against the Supreme Leader, but with them calling Lehman Park uh, rattling multiple times is perfectly okay. I think that is a very fair point, isn't it? dagam did you want to say something about that?
2: it is really important for Seoul to make breakthrough um, before April to avoid like, crunch times between the two Koreas before military starts. start. Um, in general, inter-Korean relations are largely affected by the North Korea-U.S. relations and U.S.-South Korea relations. And the Moon administrations repeatedly say that they will work to make the improvement of the inter-Korean relations lead to dialogue between Pyongyang and Washington. <laughs> Therefore, I think Seoul will focus um, on paving way for the nuclearization talks after Olympics. I think there is a like, huge gap between Washington and Pyongyang about the talks for denuclearization. So the key part is that Seoul, the key part is depends on whether Seoul can reduce the gap between Washington and Pyongyang. Uh,
0: America says that uh, talks must be predicated on the, uh, the outcome being the denuclearization of North Korea. Uh, we know that that's the sacred cow for North Korea. So will talks between the United States and North Korea be a non-starter?
1: Well, North Korea, in theory, has also said that it wants global nuclear disarmament. In theory, that's a commitment to denuclearization on their part when everyone else gives up their nuclear weapons on planet Earth. Not really a short-term strategy
3: I'd say my prognosis is that the current situation is just going to continue. North Korea is not going to denuclearize. The uh, United States are not going to accept free for, freeze for freeze proposals. So the only way is that uh, situation is just go. Uh, will go. Like, you can imagine uh, a dysfunctional family where people are not prepared for a divorce, but mm-hmm. uh, the uh, differences cannot be rectified in any possible way.
0: We we have heard this theory before, that, that that essentially these things are in a cycle and the cycle is endlessly repeating, but what is different now is that North Korea either now has or is very close to having a credible threat against the continental United States. And that's something that means that the United States is unlikely to want to see that cycle continuously rotating again and again.
3: I'd say there was a a, a statement by one retired American admiral, uh, Dennis Blair, if I'm not mistaken, his name is, uh, who said that uh, if they wanted to strike on the United States many years ago, they could have uh, done it by delivering an atomic bomb via submarine. Mm -hmm. So the difference is just symbolic that they can do it via ICBM. But if they wanted to blow a nuke in San Francisco, they could was a reasonable chance we could have done it on the late Kim Jong-il.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know about North Korea's uh, submarine launch capabilities uh, seven to years launch, ago. Not launch,
3: but to bring it on submarine, yes. unload it, and detonate it. And man. detonate
0: it. You'd want to think that the United States coastal protection and, and radar, sonar facilities are a little bit better than that, than to allow a North Korean submarine carrying a nuclear bomb into the waters off San Francisco. Now, I haven't Hopefully. spoken to this... Uh, retired admiral. So I, I don't know exactly the scenario that he envisages. Oliver, do you know any more about this?
1: Well, I mean, it's a little concerning if he thinks that someone could just bring an atomic weapon into He's the He's an US. admiral,
3: so he he is from the Navy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, that
3: is true. This is true. But then in,
1: by that argument, anyone, any power with a nuclear weapon yes. could, could just do that. Well,
0: not, a, not, not just a power, I mean... Uh, any group with money to buy... A, I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden, the late Osama bin Laden could have uh, bought a submarine with all these money and taken a dirty bomb to San Francisco and, and unleashed, unleashed it there, you know.
1: I think it's more... The Americans don't like the idea of Kim Jong-un being able to just press a button. Yes, and
0: from long distance. That comes back to my idea that the cycle uh, might be an endlessly repeating one, but America's unlikely to want to see that under current circumstances. But Ratchet like them that. up, decrease it, offer something, talks and talks until another crisis begins again. Now, speaking of talks, uh, let's uh, talk about the veteran diplomat Joseph Yun of the State Department, who's announced his retirement, causing quite some concern about a loss of career-based or career-focused expertise within the State Department. What are we to make of all of this?
1: I mean, it actually reminds me of what we were talking about last time, which was still not being a US ambassador in Seoul. The problem with the Victor Cha case was that it was quite clearly something to do with Victor Char's disagreements with the White House as far as we can tell Joseph Yoon has actually retired there's no suggestion that it was due to ideological differences although Joseph Yoon did have something of a reputation as being a guy that was very keen on diplomacy and had met with um, North Koreans in the past to secure the release of Otto Warmbier and his temperament was as a career diplomat um, appointed by Barack Obama I think it's safe to say that Perhaps while he didn't retire for political reasons, his worldview was not necessarily in keeping with the current Trump administrations.
0: Uh, although, yeah, he is 63, and, and they have to, there is a mandatory retirement age of 65. Uh, Joe Yun said the longer the title, the, the less important the job or something. And what was his last title at the State Department?
2: U.S. Special Representative for North Korea Policy is his last title.
1: And okay. Assistant Secretary of State for Japan and Korea.
0: Aha, uh-huh, so that's a double uh, mouthful there. It's quite yeah. a long title, yes. But as,
1: as the writer of that article pointed out, there's an extremely important role. Um, so proving his own mother wrong. Right. By, um by his job
2: title. Joseph Yoon is chief nuclear negotiator in the U.S., part of six-party talks. So I think it's very, very important role.
3: I'd say he used to be part of uh, six-party talks because uh, six-party talks uh, haven't existed since when? 2008? Yeah. Like Ten yes. years. Ten yeah. years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's really dead projects. So it, do you think it's a big deal then, Fyodor, that the retirement of Joseph Yoon? I'm not sure. I mean, with the United States, you can never predict. Mm. Uh, They have become what we said about North Korea, some unpredictable uh, power behaving completely erratic. That's my impression of the current administration's policy, because uh, all these zigzags, all these ups and downs are absolutely impossible to trace.
0: Who do we see as being a possible replacement for Joseph Yun?
1: Well, our writers suggested um, Mark Lambert who was um, head of the career desk at the State Department, I think still is. Ah. I'd I have to double-check that. Career diplomat, someone from the State Department, someone with some expertise in North Korea. Given the track record, as we've seen with the ambassador to South Korea, we, he might just not be replaced.
0: Okay, well, now uh, the North Korean Foreign Ministry, the equivalent of the State Department, they've had a, a bit of a reshuffle there recently, and now their, their own nuclear negotiator, Chae Son-hee, who would have met with uh, Joseph Yun, I imagine, at some time in the past, she 's now raised to vice minister level. is this a sign of uh, of things to come? What does it mean
2: in my personal opinion i don 't think this is necessarily a sign of talking to u s at this point. Son-hee was the person who is in charge of, like, American affairs and the DPRK ministry. But she also has connections with the Russia and other mm-hmm. countries. So maybe this is because of, like, internal reshuffle stuff, considering external relations with the U.S. and other countries. Well,
1: it wasn't something that they publicized. I mean, we, NK News, was able to report on it because we had diplomatic sources. So it wasn't like something that North Koreans had announced with the purpose of sending the message to... Very good point. That's That's a very, yeah, that, that is a very
0: yeah. good point. Yeah. So it, has, it hasn't been record, uh, reported yet in either the KCNA or Rudong Shin or
3: anything like that? Not that I That, I've seen that is a... Okay. Fyodor, yes. do you want to talk more about that? Yes, yeah, so I'd say, looking at it from a completely different aspect, I'd say it's nice to have a woman at such a high-ranking position in a very conservative nation where women are being syst- systematically discriminated against. We don't have uh, that high-ranking women who are not linked to the Kim family. Mm. Yeah, father was a premier, but mm-hmm. uh, the important thing is uh, this is not enough because uh, she wouldn't have been promoted there to uh, such a high position if she wouldn't uh, be uh, a skilled individual, and she probably is.
0: But what about the suggestion that being a vice minister or even a minister in North Korea isn't necessarily that important because they, particularly in the foreign ministry, they don't necessarily have any decision-making power. Uh, the decision-making power is, is held by people who we don't normally see in public, by party members uh, whose positions we don't necessarily know. In that case, Chae he might be just uh, a face to put forward to negotiate with America, but the real decisions are still made in Pyongyang by somebody else.
1: Well, diplomacy, that's partially true, but diplomacy is often about the little work as well. It's not always about the grand strategy. It's often about relationships between diplomats who might be on opposite ends of an argument and I mean, history has shown some great diplomatic strides have been made simply by two diplomats just getting along personally. So I think the personality does count quite a lot. Um, so that might be why. Maybe maybe people like her.
3: And it's also uh, that strategic decisions are not made by some uh, unknown guy in one of the departments of the Central Committee, but are made by the man whose smiling face we see so often by Kim Jong-un himself.
2: Um, in a way, the promotion of Choe may be a signal that... Do Pyongyang put emphasis on talks between Washington and Pyongyang, given that she has been she has been like worked with the U.S. several times in the past.
0: So it could be a hopeful sign, but again, it could also be a bit of tea leaf reading. I'd
3: say. some unannounced promotion of uh, some official in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I think we put into much. It's not like Kim Jong Un, whoever wasn't this, he, uh, was uh, looking, but this may hint and some improvement in the United States. It was probably done because she, uh, because of her career and because she was a suitable for this position.
0: Well, I, I guess it's something we can put down on a list of things to revisit a year from now to see if it actually did mean anything. Are there any other big stories this week uh, on NKNews dot org, Oliver? that you'd like to talk about? There's always
1: big stories on nknews.org. I think something that was particularly interesting escaped a lot of attention was probably this continued ship-to-ship transfer stuff. It was the fourth in a month the Japanese Ministry of Defense took a photo, um, has taken several photos Mm. over the last month of um, transfers on the high seas off the coast of China between North Korean vessels and um, vessels that are sometimes linked to Chinese companies. Um, it's believed to be now that sanctions are placing very strong restrictions on North Korea's energy supply. This seems to be the primary way that North Korea is essentially avoiding that embargo. Is it supposed to be oil in all cases? Or is it's it- most. I mean, the ships involved are oil tankers. Okay, um, And it's not going to be fluffy toys.
3: Especially in the context of recent news from Beijing, like proposed constitutional reform, which will probably pass the National People's Congress, so Xi Jinping may very well stay with us for a long, long time, and his policy will become much more long-term.
0: And why is that significant in, in, uh, in this case?
3: In this case, because uh, Xi Jinping is probably the one ordering of the policy on North Korea, including the oil and the policy of what to do with companies, who engage in ship-to-ship transfer? So we can say that his policy can be extended for potentially decades.
2: Yeah, um, there has been argument from Washington that the North Korea try to unify the Korean Peninsula under the unified communist system, and this is the reason why Kim Jong Un has developed nuclear weapons. The reason why the Trump administration's made a claim is that they try to drive a wedge between the two Korea.
0: Uh, last week, I think we were talking about North Korea trying to drive a wedge between the United States and South Korea, so it's a little bit rich. Uh, all, all these. C- Competing claims of uh, wedge driving being thrown around there, isn't it?
1: And they also, the North Koreans in that same article also said, they said, well, why do you think we've gone through all of this economic pain to develop ICBMs that we can tip with nuclear weapons to take South Korea, palm-sized South Korea? Mm. They said <laughs> palm-sized. Which is sort of hinting that they could take it if they wanted to, really, right. But they, they just haven't bothered.
0: Does this article in the Rodong Shinmun uh, Dagum, does it say anything positive about North Korea's view of unification? Does it, I mean, we know North Korea's view of unification is not using nukes to unify the peninsula, apparently. What is it? Does it say anything about that?
2: So the whole point of the article is that they try to criticize the Trump administration's strategies toward North Korea. What they're arguing is that Trump administration eventually try to driver wages between the two Koreas because Seoul and Pyongyang has improved their relations. Um so it's not they didn't they didn't clarify their intentions to unify the Korean Peninsula in the articles, mm-hmm. arguing that the US doesn't like the atmosphere for dialogues between the two Koreas. Yeah. And this is the pretext for building armament on the Korean Peninsula and this is for upcoming joint military
0: Ah, so the drills are mentioned, okay. And it's always about the U.S. building arms on the, the Korean Peninsula to prepare for another invasion of North America, uh, North Korea. This is a, a recurring theme for decades, isn't it? Let's finish up with what I hope will be the first of a recurring series of uh, sections, which is the nominations for the silliest North Korea-related story or headline of the week from mainstream media. Uh, those of us who have been watching North Korea for a long time have seen the, the silliest things come across uh, our uh, head such as um
1: eaten by dogs who was it was Song tech was supposed to be eaten by, dogs.
0: eaten by hungry dogs right um, north koreans believe in unicorns that's right the unicorn or they found the lair of the unicorn perennial favorite of uh, all photographers who go to north korea uh, rare glimpses of life in pyongyang rare glimpses of life in north korea or these are the photos that kim jong-un didn't want you to see Right, we've all seen those. So what have we got on this week? What's the, the silliest story or headline? Fyodor? North Korean cheerleaders
3: had uh, uh, some masks of a young man. And then some South Korean right-wing politician accused them of actually having a mask of young Kim Il-sung, which is, uh, frankly saying, an insane statement, because uh, you cannot do that to Kim Il-sung pictures in North Korea. This, uh, like, uh, such treatment of Kim Il-sung portraits will get you executed immediately. The very idea they would bring some masks to pose as multiple Kim Il-sung sitting on tribunes is, like... Beyond stupidity.
0: Okay, I'd like to push back on that a little bit. I don't think it's quite that insane. I think, uh, on the one hand, only if you understand reverence in which North Koreans uh, are taught to hold the uh, the image of Kim Il-sung can you say that it's insane. But on in the South Korean perspective, that photo does look like an early photograph of Kim Il-sung. I've seen the two side by side. I can see the resemblance quite strongly. I think, from what I understood, they were
1: using a picture of a kind of generic, handsome Korean man. And I think... Uh, for North Koreans, perhaps the image of a generic handsome young man is the image of Kim Il sung, because it's everywhere in this revolutionary art. But it also speaks to the degree of overreaction that a lot of South Korean media might have had to pick up on these, the North Koreans trying to kind of undermine South Korea at every possible turn. Obviously, the North Koreans behave the same way to the South as well. Yeah. Decided that the North Koreans have smuggled in these marks of Kim Il sung to use as propaganda.
0: At the very least, having the North Korean cheerleaders wearing the anonymizing masks of an unidentified young North Korean man, it was slightly creepy, wasn't it? It was an odd image, seeing them swaying back and forth in the tribunes with this mask on their face. Didn't you think it was a bit creepy, Dageyam?
2: It's a bit creepy, but I mean, that's not the point. But <laughs> I want to point out that this is a representative example of how South Korean media distort the fact, in a way. The conservative media really is unhappy with what's going on on the Korean Peninsula, especially the North's participation in the Pyongyang Olympics. And this is a result of the distorted media report. It could be Kim Il-sung's face. There is still a chance that- It can't be. But media should be, media should cover the story from like neutral stance, not biased stance. So this is quite like bad examples that how South Korean media covered the Pyeongchang Olympics. Yeah, I think
0: to be fair, though, in this case, the media didn't make up the story themselves. They were simply following the story that they'd been given by the politicians who pointed it out. Right? It, was, it first came out because of the, uh, what is the new name of that party? The Paran Minju Chongdang, is that the name of the party? Anyway, um, it was, yeah. was um, Hatta Yong yeah. of that party, who I believe was the first to come um, out with yeah. a photograph and, and say, we believe this is a, a mask of, of Kim Il-sung. And it was not as if the media made it up by themselves.
3: Yes, it's just one person. Yeah. And of course, he may not know of Korea, but he is a member of parliament. So he is a person who writes law for this country according to which tens of millions of people actually live. He should have some basic understanding of the like, chief enemy this country has and not like disgrace himself and his party like that. The image of the young Kim Il-sung to whom that
0: mask is supposed to resemble, is that actually an image that most young North Koreans, most North Koreans today would be familiar with? I mean, we've seen it here in history books, but we know that uh, North Korea... Uh, they, they tend to have a, a very standardized number of portraits of Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il,
3: and Kim Jong-un. That's not one of those standardized images.
0: Would they actually be familiar with the image that we're talking
3: about in North Korea? From many history, uh, historic films, of course. Any film they would watch about 1940s, we would have a picture of Jan Kim Il-sung. So, okay. Yes, if you watch TV, then you know. All right, well that's where we will leave our episode for today. Thank you very
0: much again to our studio guests, Oliver Hotham. Thank you. Dakyam-ji. Thank you. Fyodor And thank you to our listeners for listening. Don't forget you can listen to all of our past episodes as well as read full bios and show notes on our website, nknews.org. NK News is the leading repository of North Korean research, news and analysis, and we hope to see you there. And you can also send feedback, comments, questions, and guest suggestions too podcast at nknews.org. Our podcast was produced by Arius Durr and facilitated by Chad O'Carroll and Christina Lee. Lastly, a reminder that one random reviewer on the iTunes or Apple podcast app per week will win a free NK News membership. So please review us after listening and you might win. Thank you very much for listening and hear me next time.